about this. Hey, my goodness, it is Socks Populi 161. <laughs> 161 of them. Yeah, well, uh, the first of the off season. Season's over. We thought this might be a post-game podcast, but then that would require us to sort of talk about the game that was just played, and I don't think anyone wants it. I don't think people who went to the game uh, Hannah Lamada is writing our recap and she's uh, she's just trying to put it off. She's probably like watching Taylor Swift on Sunday Night Football or uh, YouTube animal videos in order to not write this because we don't even have it yet. It's not up yet as we're as we're speaking to you live here on Sunday night. So even our writer for today's game, who's actually at the game, that's probably the reason why. <laughs> It's called White Sox to- Toxicity, <laughs> and uh, she is probably uh, more likely on her way to the hospital than trying to write a story about a two-to-one, 11-inning, whatever the heck it was. Lost to the San Diego Padres. Sweep, uh, your dummy host. Oh, yeah, Brett Valentini. That's me. I'll name myself. This dummy said the White Sox are going to win two of three because in typical fashion, they'd like get some kind of weird hopes up for the for the for the lowest, 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 lowest intelligent intelligence um, quotient of the uh, fan base. Uh, but then he couldn't even do that. Sweet, uh, completely heartless, careless, uh, effortless. No need to go over too many numbers, except, of course, officially 61 and 101. That's a 377 winning percentage. They do go down that low. You can have a winning percentage that low. Fifth worst, all alone, not even tied with the ascendant, terrible 2018 Ricky's Boys Don't Quit. Not even tied with them. White Sox had to do them one better uh, by being all alone. Fifth worst team in, I guess, officially 123 years, 124 unofficially, of White Sox baseball. And in 1900, they won a pennant. So they weren't that bad. So in 124 years, the fifth worst team ever, they gave up 200 more runs than they scored this year. Yes, they call that a run differential, a minus 200. (laughs) That is uh, fifth worst in uh, White Sox history, whether you want to go per game, whether you want to go total. Um and I might even had what the White Sox are. It's the fifth or sixth worst team in history. Does it matter? If you're really going to split hairs about the fifth or sixth worst team, going into this last series against San Diego, had they swept, they could have fallen right out of the top bottom 10 of worst White Sox teams ever. That was the range we're dealing with, just with three games left. And the White Sox, of course, seized the day, <laughs> disappointed us all, and uh, were swept by a San Diego team that had nothing to play for except wanting to rub the White Sox faces in it. And they, they did. They, they weren't all that impressive either, but you know, sweep's a sweep. Uh, so let's just start it out as we often do on these podcasts with my esteemed guests, California Joe Reeses, Dante Jones, and Brian O'Neill. <laughs> Masochist all. Please acquit yourselves, fellas, because I don't know why you're here. I don't know why I'm here, so I definitely don't know why you're here. But hey, let's kick it off with how you feeling? <laughs> how you feeling about the 61 and 101? Just how you feeling as a fan? Because we know what you're feeling about a 61 win team. Uh, it can't be good. But uh, as a fan, your reactions to it finally being over on October 1st. Right. Well, I mean, I, you asked why we're here. I mean, since we split with the Astros, this is the best day of the season. Like 
this is this is the first time I can celebrate. I think there was that burger walk off home run that was exciting, and then that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> this this like, is this is called a highlight. Yeah. This is, yeah. This is, but it's, it's a good one. You know, when like someone particularly villainous dies and you're like, the world is better for them having left it. Like, yeah. we are better off for yeah. the season being over. Um, yes. And that yeah. sucks. I mean, that's a terrible feeling. Like, yeah. even in bad seasons, you always have that, uh, what is that, that Bart Giamatti line? Like, baseball is designed mm-hmm. to break your heart. It leaves you alone when the world is cold. And it's like, normally I feel that way. And now it doesn't doesn't feel that way. And that's really yeah. sad. Like I like that sadness of baseball ending. It yeah. sucks that I don't have that. Like I'm yeah. just relief. Yeah. Not missing it. Uh, mm-hmm. But just like go away for a while. And, and again, there's not an excuse as you outlined uh, Brian did in his uh, piece that ha- is running on the day we're recording here on Sunday, sort of outlining, uh, outlining terrible, relatively recent, but uh, terrible years in sex. There's not even like you can go, you can say, oh, oh man, now, well, now it's football time. I don't even have the excuse of being, uh, uh, having my attention uh, stolen by baseball because there's not, there's nothing to look. <laughs> I don't know when there's going to be something to look forward to next because next spring there's not going to be much to look forward to. So, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, the wasteland that is ahead of us. Uh, Dante and Joe, how, well, I don't know. It's October 1st. How are you feeling? Um, welcome to spooky season. The spookiest thing we've seen has been happening for the last six months. The White Sox <laughs> season. Thank God it's over. Um, I don't know how many people we got out there that are religious, but um, if you are religious, thank you, believe your creator, whatever you believe in, that you don't have to watch this team until, well, if you're like some people, you want to watch spring training. If you're like me, you'll tune in the first, I mean, the last week of March because I can't do spring training. And um, I'm happy it's over. I love baseball. I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to watch as much postseason baseball as I can because that's just – it's my favorite time of year. Yeah. It sucks that the White Sox aren't there, but, I mean, I'm 27. This has kind of been my life. <laughs> so, I feel so sorry for you, Dante. I'm like, sorry. I got my one <laughs> ring. You know, I got a ring. That's more than the Bears and the Bulls have given me. I mean, at least the Bulls won some while I was alive, but I wasn't able to pay attention. Yeah. So um, shout out to Jerry, um, shout out to whatever the hell we just watched for the last 162 games. Um, funny that it's the 161st podcast, and I'm sure we would be better out there as managers or training staff at this point than anybody that works for White Sox. I'm pretty sure that anybody listening to this feels similar to us. I remember, you know, first part of the season – Right after we beat the Astros. And, you know, the hopes were high. There wasn't flaws, but there was high hopes and all that. And now, 161 games later, look at where we stand. Yeah. 61 wins. We have yeah. 100 less wins than we have podcasts. We have a 200-run differential. I didn't realize that was a thing for a team that's yeah. supposed to be in the contention window. Yeah. You know, the fourth was team in baseball by my numbers. You know, by numbers, yeah. I mean record. Yeah. You know, all wonderful things. <laughs> anyway, I'm yeah. going to stop. Highlights. Uh, and I, I listen, I'm going to speak up for the for, for the irreligious. I, and frankly, whether you're religious or not, I think you could also take a turn, Dante, and, and, and curse, you know, your creator. Um, curse whoever's out there for making us go through six months of this Don't misery. Worry. And Curses. worse... You know, come around, you know, about the time you start watching again. Oh, boy, I really hope it's going to be something to be excited about. But 
something tells me the six months next summer is, uh, might be worse. But we're going to talk about that as this podcast goes on. Of course, we want to hear from Joe Reese's, who has, I think I've already explained to him, he has, at least for however temporarily, escaped the clutches of the Midwest. This is a time that he could he could start fresh. He could break away. He could start a new, a sunnier, brighter day. And he's on a White Sox podcast, so something tells me he's failing in that mission. Uh, they got their clutches around you, and you just can't get away, can you, Joe? Exactly. Um, it's <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely relieved that the season has come to an end. Um, this has certainly been an experience that I will probably remember for all the wrong reasons. Uh, it's uh, 101 losses. I did not see that coming from a mile away at the beginning of the season. You know, I, I was naive back in March, liking the Pedro Grafal hire, thinking that they would have an early bounce. Like, you know, in April, you know, they're going to have a good month and, you know, <laughs> they, you know, they'll largely be able to be 500 after the, strong month of April and that'll be enough to win the week division. Mm -hmm. um, and instead April was a disaster and they were toast immediately. And it just, it just never got better after that first month. And uh, yeah, I, I, but definitely feeling a sense of relief now. And I'm looking forward to watching teams that are actually good play for the next few weeks. Um, it, it'll be refreshing, I think, to, to watch you know, the, the Braves, the Dodgers, you know, yeah. the Orioles, the Rays, you know, the teams that know what they're doing and um, play some really solid baseball. They do the things that, you know, Griffel likes to talk about how they're going to do well, right. but never actually do well. Um, right. And that, that'll be good. If you focus too much on, and I'll, I think many of our staff watch a, a lot of different baseball um, but if you really were just focused on the White Sox, I'm someone who probably doesn't. So it, it implies I've watched a lot of White Sox baseball. But if you did just watch White Sox baseball, yeah, you would forget the, the things that are going to happen here in this postseason can't happen in baseball. I mean, you're, we're so used to watching T-ball or Little League or, or whatever this has been. Uh, and that might no insult. Sorry, T-ballers. Sorry, Little Leaguers. Not trying to insult you. You're probably playing more solid fundamental baseball than the White Sox. Okay, Joe, I'm going to come right back at you because if I recall this spring, we had a cool column type of piece from you. I might even be getting confused. Maybe even you did this last year. I don't know. But it was recounting the 20 seasons of your fandom or something. And I want to say, I could be wrong, that last year you considered it your most disappointing because they, they finished 500. I could be wrong. But I guess what I want to know is if you were to re-rack this list, does 2023 somehow top the list or come close or because they didn't get out hot, like you thought were your hopes crushed so early that maybe it doesn't rank quite that high. That, that's a great question. 2023 is my 21st favorite season out of 21. <laughs> yeah. All it, right. It, it, it beats 2022. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, spoiler alert, don't want to ruin anything for any readers this offseason mm -hmm. or waiting for the update. But yeah, well, there's your preview. We'll see if Joe changes his mind. Okay, on this note, uh, because I think Joe's already alluded to 101 losses, not being on the radar. Our last podcast a few days ago, uh, Maliki had said in apparently his extremely wide uh, um, 
his his vision of the season being apparently so wide it was like 40 40 wins to 120 wins because he said he wasn't you know as shocked i guess as the rest of us that he saw this as a possible variance maybe on the very edge of of what what logic would dictate for this team. I'm not sure many of us feel that way. So I'm going to throw that question back at all of you. I'll go back to, to, to Brian to start. Uh, when you went into the season and we all had our prediction podcast, we're going to have that story where we review predictions. And I really don't know how anybody's going to turn out. Um, you know, we have to see how the playoffs play out as well. I suppose we got the White Sox wrong. I'll say that I'm going to guess that all 20 or so predictors got the White Sox wrong, and some of us got it worse than others. Uh, Brian, you, and Malachi as well were among the sunnier predictors because you had them at least in um, the 90s of wins. And, and Malachi's logic, I think, is very similar to yours, which is, hey, I'm going to watch the season. I'm going to root for the team. If I'm going to you know, hope for a little bit better than, than maybe average, yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay, so as a guy who was thinking 91, 92, 93 wins, I'm – what was going into the season? What was your worst possible outcome? And was it anything near this? Cause it could have been this. I mean, again, Malachi was sort of non, somewhat nonplussed uh, about this being the outcome, uh, but going in realistically, what were you thinking was sort of the bottom? If you're asked to pick a bottom out prediction, what would it have been? Probably around 500. Like yeah. I did not see this at all. Like my, my logic or thinking or, thinking might even be the bad word for that going into the season is that last year, everything I thought could go wrong. Yeah. Went wrong, and I was like, well, it can't happen again. Right. You know, it just, it just, it just doesn't happen. Anymore. Gotcha. <laughs> it turns out there's so much more that I didn't even think yeah. of that went wrong. Uh -huh. But I thought everything went wrong in 2022 is a failure of imagination to think of everything else that could. Um, so no, I didn't see this coming at all. If you, I mean, if you told me we we're going to lose 90 games, I would have been stunned. Um, I would have thought that there was Matt. I would have thought that Luis Robert didn't play the entire season. I would have assumed yeah. that, yeah, just a lot of stuff that did happen didn't. And yeah, I did not see this coming at all. Like 101 losses, just it's staggering. Just, there's no, I can't even wrap my head around it. Like, this doesn't make any sense. The window is not just closed, yeah. it's shattered. Yeah. Well, in case, Brian, you think some, in case you feel foolish at all for thinking, that everything going wrong would result in a 500 season. Uh, Malachi, obviously, is such a dominant presence on Southside Sox that he's here with us on this podcast, even though he's not here with us. So I'm going to, because I'm going to sign him once more, because he says for next year, part of his logic in thinking that the White Sox won't be worse next year is that this year, everything that went, you know, this was the hundredth percentile of everything possibly going wrong, which tells you that there are some fans who actually maybe. You know, no diss, Malachi, still believe in Santa Claus. Anyhow, we disagree on what how next year is going to turn out, and we will get to that also in the second half. But uh, let's swing around to Dante uh, going in the season because uh, I think you had them maybe not winning, but I think you had them as a wild card perhaps. Again, I'm not trying to depants anybody here. I'm just trying to get a feel for going in. You had some, some, playoffs. Yeah, some, some, some decent hopes. So uh, swing it the other way. Uh, worst case, was it anything near what we ended up getting served to us? Jesus Christ, no, it wasn't the worst. Like, this is <laughs> way worse than I expected. Worst case scenario, I thought everyone gets hurt. They win 70 games. Sure, right. And, like, right. <laughs> like this team has too many dudes. 
that are good at baseball to be this bad. Like, it's kind mm-hmm. of why I've been saying, like, you know, I've talked about the Bears. I talk about other sports all the time. That's why I've been saying about the Bears, for example. The Bears have too many dudes that should be solid players for me to be like, well, it's the players' fault. Same with the White Sox. Or- mm-hmm. The organizations across Chicago, except for seemingly the ones on the north side, who, ha-ha, <laughs> <laughs> um, they, like, besides that team, though, it seems that Chicago teams don't care about developing players. So my joke about the Bears has been, you know, people want to trade Justin Fields, even though he just threw four touchdowns, but this is an embarrassing podcast, so I will continue on with more, my point. All right. I say don't trade Justin Fields. I mean, I say trade Justin Fields not because he's bad, but because the Bears don't need anybody that's not a veteran. So my logic is the White Sox don't need anybody that's not a veteran at this point. If they're not going to develop people, and me and you have talked about it in the Slack, they're, no, they're not going to sign adults because they're <laughs> stupid. They're idiots. I don't know. Like, Chris Getz is going to have to show a lot to me before I believe in him. But in reality, they should sign only adults. Like, I want to see some, I want to see big contracts, and we're not going to see it because it's the White Sox. And the issue is adults are the ones that make it so that your team can go through the hard times, the rough times. Maybe instead of going 61 and 101, you know, you go get Cody Bellinger, like I screamed from the mountaintops for months on end. And maybe you got – that's another bet. Maybe you actually go spend on one of the shortstops and move Tim to second. And that's another bet. But guess what? They didn't. They decided to get Andrew Benatendi, fine season, I guess, whatever. And then the dude we don't even talk about because of how much of a piece of shit he is. Thanks, White Sox, for trying to give out his jerseys. You, we know you're not going to sell them. So congrats on that one. And this team just continues to be – a rotten piece of trash. Like that's all it is at this point. Yeah, they had 2021. I was there for a game for game three in 2021. It was the most fun I've had at a White Sox game ever. The fact that I didn't get more years of that, but instead yeah. I got disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. 2023 going to games and giving just throwing up middle fingers at the crowd. I went to more Cubs games than White Sox games. I don't love the Cubs like I love the White Sox. I don't even love the Cubs at all. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to Cubs games. Because at least the Cubs put an entertaining team on the field versus the White Sox. The White Sox don't put an entertaining team on the field. Apparently, the security is shit or police officers like to bring the guns everywhere they go. And I was at that game that, you know, we ain't know anything about until after the game was over. And so I'm walking out of the park. This team from top to bottom is mismanaged. And it results in a season in which a team that's supposed, that was – from the beginning of the year until May, until really the second week of April, everybody thought could be a contender. And instead, they decided to triple, just trip over themselves, step on a rake like the Sasha Bob, and <laughs> roll over and die and let the Twins win the division. The Tigers aren't supposed to be ahead of the White Sox in the division. That's not how timelines are supposed to work. Yet the Tigers won second place, which speaks to how horrible this division is. But my point is the White Sox should have been, if, the, if everything goes right, the White Sox probably won 85 games. I had them at 84. You know, that's about what I expected because they still didn't have too much. Everything went to shit as soon as humanly possible. And yeah. the sooner it went to – I mean, the further we got along, we got reports of players slapping each other. We got reports of other things happening in the locker room. More and more dysfunction. We don't even know what's going on at this point. And the White Sox are too cowardly to allow any of us into the locker room to, you know, talk to someone. <laughs> Because we actually ask questions. Yeah, um, yeah, Dante. The fact that it's clearly the highlight of your White Sox fan 
uh, life realistically going to games is a single win in a single playoff series. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's damning with some some really faint experience and praise. Okay, uh, Joe, you've given us the preview, uh, but give us some more specifics about what you might have envisioned as the worst case scenario going into the season. I'm guessing compared to Dante and Brian, you might have even had more tempered expectations. I don't remember everyone's prediction. Maybe you were crazy and said 95 wins, but uh, going in probably, you know, reasonable somewhere in the 80s. Uh, I'm guessing you did not see 101 losses as anywhere near the worst case scenario. Right. I had them at 85 and 77 and winning the division by one game. Um, and yeah, the 61 and 101 would have been an outlier in my opinion. Like it, it, I would not have considered it as within the realm of possibility at the beginning of the season. My, my worst case scenario would have been, yeah, pretty much a lot of players get injured. And as a result, they stumble to 72, 73 wins. Um, I, I, it was hard for me to imagine. Um, I, I want to say there was a zips projection having them at 74. And to me, that was like pretty close to like my worst case scenario. Worst case. Um, and uh, I was like, I, I, it's hard for me to, it was hard for me to imagine anything worse than that. But yeah, I was like, if this team does worse than that projection, how would that look with this team with, you know, they, they have a lot of talented players. How would it look? Mm-hmm. You know, seeing them just lose game after game like this. Um, and I guess now we know how it would look. Uh, and the elephant in the room, although all of us, if we were to, you know, again, if I was a clever producer or host, I'd like have queued up uh, moments from the podcast to just pop in here and say, ha, look, that person made such a weird prediction. But no, but generally speaking, we all assumed the AL Central was going to be a bad division. It delivered, but... Some of that AL Central is bad. Well, I mean, you still say that with a wink or an asterisk. Uh, it could still mean there's two teams over 500. Uh, maybe the second, third place team at 500. The division could have been better than it was. Whether this is exactly how we saw it, you know, something that's easy to ignore in winning only 61 games is this division was as god awful as we thought. The Twins are nothing special. Pitching staff uh, pretty tight and strong, but this is a bad team. Sorry, Minnesota. Bad, bad division winner. I mean, they're on the road for the playoffs, right? Um, Cleveland, completely craters. Some idiots like probably me picked them to win the division. That They're horrible because, as Dante pointed out, Detroit sneaks in, I guess, past them. Who cares? But uh, The only thing Detroit <laughs> matters for is the fact that Miguel Cabrera retired today. And yeah. with Cleveland, like, yeah. Yeah, and you've got Kansas City, I mean, making us look like we're a great team at 61 wins. So this division, if anything, maybe was worse than we thought, and yet the White Sox still only stumbled to 61 wins in a division that was every bit as bad as we thought, or uh, maybe worse. Um, Hey, let's take a break. We are going to – we're going to start the second half of the podcast, Sonny. Go deal with it. If you cannot deal with that, dear listeners, readers, viewers – then after the commercial, I guess you're just going to have to shut this off. If you can't take it, if you can't handle some socks pop positivity, well, then then take a seat, grab some bench. Uh, anyhow, well, please stick with us. What else you got to do? You're listening to this podcast. I don't know what's wrong with you. We're on this podcast. I definitely don't know what's wrong with us. But if you're here already, uh, stick around for another 10, 15, 20 minutes. We'll try to entertain you. Uh, I promise we'll be back in a minute. White Sox fans, Sox Populi, 
is derived from Latin. We're Sox Pop 161. Our first podcast of the off season. We'll have more. Again, I'm not sure why, but we will have more. I promise. We'll probably have a bunch more. Maybe more than we had during the regular season because, boy, it got to be a drag doing podcasts talking about how terrible this team was. Is there any chance they can catch up? How have they embarrassed us, you know, recently? Or how will they embarrass us? We're here and we're kicking off uh, the offseason where the White Sox uh, storm storm into the offseason and toward the 2024 season with 61 wins. Worse than any of us thought really was possible. So let's just twist it a bit because trust me, we're going to get a little scary and dark and, and, and negative here in the second half a week. How like there's no possibility of us going more than like five minutes of positive about the White Sox and they're lucky they're getting that. White Sox, by the way, you're lucky you're getting this. Okay. <laughs> but guys, what I want to know is the positive, I'll say the most positive thing but you might not have any. Uh, I doubt there, there can't be too many multiples. The positive that you take away from this season, and technically, yeah, it could be that Han got canned or whatever. Hey, I guess that counts, but maybe a true positive. I think there are a couple, even though it seems so bleak and so dark. There's at least one obvious one. Uh, what jumps to mind as a positive? Not that you'll think of 2023 fondly. What's a positive you'll take away from this season? Set you up. So lay something on me. Uh, I'm going to start with that down the stretch. And Moncada was healthy. He was hitting really well. Um, I know that when Moncada's healthy is the the mantra of the yeah. kind of ridiculous. That's, you know, the uh, insanity is repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting the same result. Just we spent years saying if he's healthy, he's going to be good. And for a while now, I was thinking like, maybe that's not even true anymore. Yeah. Maybe he's just too many injuries, too many, too much time away from the plate, and he's not actually going to be good. And yeah, this was a small stretch of baseball. It was the last month or so of the season. Um, but as one of the last remaining Moncada defenders for the last couple of years, like <laughs> I'm going to take that as positive. I'm going to say maybe he actually, if he stays healthy and put together a good season and be the guy that we want. Maybe not as good as we want, but you know what in life is. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be fatalist about life and, and temperament. <laughs> but still slightly positive about you. Oh, my God. Find some good in this one way, you know, take it to the grave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, people keep coming up with really good pocket schedule titles for next year. And let's face it, <laughs> White Sox baseball 2024. <laughs> One step closer to the grave. Yeah, well, hey, we all are. Uh, Joe, uh, Dante, uh, what you got in terms of the sunny side of life? All right, so um, first things first, one less sunny thing because no one mentioned it at first. Rest in peace, Tim Wakefield. You know, knuckleballer. Always fun to see a knuckleball, even though it's the weirdest picture in the history of life. <laughs> um, my positive is very simple. Gregory, Gregory Santos looks like he could be a guy in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. He, once Liam went down, he looked like he could, if nothing else, at least handle it. He might not be great at it, but handle it is much better than what we saw at the beginning of mm-hmm. the year between Kendall Graveman and some stretches of Reynaldo Lopez. I was wrong about Lopez being a closer. He's definitely a middle relief guy, but hey, you know, we had some good stretches. I lo- and 
you know, that's something good to look back on. Also, second half when Tim got healthy, look at that. Health means you do good. Same as Brian said about Moncada. When you get healthy, you do better. So maybe the training staff isn't as bad as we thought. Not nah, actually. We already know that's that bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe, what you got? Just hit me with some sunshine. Fart some sunshine my way. I will take the obvious one and say Robert Jr. was phenomenal. <laughs> he was a pleasure to watch this year. About a five-war player, played, stayed healthy nearly the entire season, and just yeah, good with the bats, good with the glove. I mean, yeah, there, he was able to do pretty much everything out there. So, I mean, yeah, it was a pleasure having him on the White Sox this year. Um, that was very good. Um, let's see. Um, I want to give a shout out. Um, another shout out beyond an obvious one and someone who hasn't been taken yet. Um, I'm kind of struggling here. Um, <laughs> can I can I go can I go to another team? <laughs> sure. There's no rules here. This is a 61 win team. Okay. Go to another sport if you want to. <laughs> All right. Sebi Zavala is going to the playoffs. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> Mr. Um, three home runs. Yep. Yes, exactly. Um, also, people making a playoff appearance for the first time, former White Sox Jake Berger and also former White Sox Kim Ng. Um, oh, I'm very happy for all of them um, and definitely have some rooting interests um, this October thanks to them. That's a good way to put that. Joe, Joe highlighting just how desperate and pathetic and horrifying it is to be a White Sox fan that in order to find something bright, we have to talk about other teams and traded players with Gregory Santos being selected, who was the guy uh, I brought up in the uh, earlier podcast we did three games ago, covering some of the similar territory. I have to admit, as Joe just found out as he was clicking desperately to look for a player worth really uh, citing. I'm not sure there are, so I'm going. I have to. I have to pass because you guys took all the good stuff, which is to say, like three things of good stuff. Well, so I've got, I've got one. I got, I'll I'll put, oh my god! Please, this, this is a. This is actually not good, but it sounds fun. Oh. We had the fewest number of men left on base this season. In base. <laughs> that is clutch hitting, top to bottom. Guys get on. We bring them in. <laughs> but by forty players. You analysts don't dig into that at all. Just let it lie. Brian, listen, Brian's a smart guy. He told you that fact. Do not investigate it. It's true it's and true. it's a positive, and we're holding on to it. Wow, this really got sunny. I like it. Thank you for inserting that because it is so absolutely true. Uh, okay, well, we spent our five minutes on the positive, so let's get a little ugly again. Or maybe not. I was surprised in this segment three days ago uh, that not everybody thought the White Sox were thought the truth. With the, they were acknowledging the truth that the White Sox will be worse next year than this year. So it is time for that part of the podcast where we actually – prematurely because of course we'll be talking about this all off season what else is there going to be to talk about free agent acquisitions no 
uh, goofy front office hires? Probably, but we'll still have to squeeze in something about, you know, like how is this team going to do next year? So knowing that the personnel could change, I'm not sure how it's going to change in a good way. So let's just assume that's going to skew negative, but I, I don't know. Uh, maybe they'll get Manny Machado like three, four years too late. Where is he going to play, though? He plays third base. Where is he going to play? Uh, give me an idea about what you see. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to want a pinpoint early prediction. I want I do want to know. We're going to let's pick losses because it's going to be the bigger number. I don't think he's gonna, anybody's going to get that crazy. Uh, give me the number of losses next year. I was wrong. The incredibly intelligent writer, editor, podcast host, dazzling personality. Yes, can be wrong. I admit it. I actually had the White Sox all-time most losses as just 105, and that turns out to be wrong. It's 106. Again, a number you don't think is possible to lose in a season, uh, even a 162-game season. But yes, in 1970, when I was a fan unaware of the horrors that lied in front of me because I was still wearing diapers – uh, that 1970 team lost 106 games on 105. So that is the mark to shoot for. I'll start off because uh, I did it last time. So I will amend my prediction because I said, yes, they will break that record. Of course, I was crowing about 106. Turns out I'm wrong. <laughs> Go figure. First time this year. But I'm going to say, yes, they will still break that record. And I have just amended it to 107. The White Sox will lose 107 games next year. So... All of you, please tell me. They, there's a lot of room for them to be better. There's only six to mm, ten games, maybe, of them to be worse. There's a lot more room to be better. So what side are you lining up on? How are the White Sox looking? Extremely early, top of the postseason, uh, top of the offseason uh, prediction for losses in 2024 for the Chicago White Sox. I don't think I can emotionally handle predicting 107 losses like that. I mean, the A's lost 112 games, and their plan going in was to actively turn the city against them. Yes. It is so hard to lose that many games. And I know KC lost 106, but they're also trying. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't don't have a really good reason for saying that you're wrong. I mean, I think what really summed up the offseason for me, even after firing, uh, you know, Han and Kenny – is Reinsdorf laughing and saying, like, of course we're not getting Otani. And <laughs> it was like, yeah, I knew we were going to, but for him to just be like, <laughs> we're not going to get a good player, yeah. like, is so insulting and so maddening and, like, just left me sputtering in, in rage. Um, so, yeah, like, they're not rebuilding, but they're not going to sign the people that they need to to do a quick turnaround. You could. You could sign Blake Snell. You could sign Cody Bellinger. Mm-hmm. Open the bank and be like, we're not going to rebuild. We're going to use our handful, five or six good players and build a quick team around them, like the Marlins in 2003 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But we know they're not going to do that. So I'm optimistic. I'm going to say 90 losses. Uh, and I need even more shocking than the 90 loss prediction. I am going to have to uh, highlight uh, Brian O'Neill in stating that the White Sox are going to build around or rally around their five or six good players. And I will in a future podcast challenge him to name those five or six players to me. Dante or Joe, what is your loss prediction for next year? I'm guessing it's going to be sunnier than Brian and perhaps less dour than mine, but Hey, where do you fall? I, 
I'm going to bring a little bit of positivity to this. <laughs> I didn't bring that much of it in the last segment of this. Um, they okay. will improve by three whole games. Okay. So 98 losses is where okay. I am. And yeah, that, that explanation by Brian, by the way, yeah, that's just peak Reinsdorf right there. Not willing to rebuild, not willing to actually spend big time money for good players. Um, just kind of mediocre moves that have low ceilings for the most part. Um, that sounds like this, this owner to me. Yeah. And, and let's point out that even though it's sort of like reverse tampering, it's still tampering. You're not supposed to do that. You, you absolutely cannot do that. Reinsdorf does what he wants, right? He, he always has, but yeah, you can, I mean, <laughs> saying you're not going to sign a player, you know, does, does uh, affect a market. You know, I guess probably, you know, worse way than saying oh yeah we are definitely gonna throw a billion dollars at the guy uh so yeah so not only does he offend the entire fan base with his what are you what are you guys thinking he won't even pitch next year what am i gonna what am i spending for am i gonna get a rebate uh but yeah he actually uh baseball rules okay dante um well i mean we've we've covered it so i'm I'm curious to know where you're at we've got the 90 we got the 98 (laughs) <laughs> 107 so uh where are you falling all right so we have someone at 90 we have someone at 98 and someone at 107 okay i'm going 95 because yeah like i just i don't see it man i don't see it although you know it's funny because as the resident wrestling fan around here i was thinking about an analogy to make and um he would hate it but he's not a white Sox fan so we would never listen to this but it kind of reminds me of cm punk in the last couple years of his um wrestling life since he's returned where you know it's going so it went so well in the first year like 2021 it went so well and then it all went to shit in 2022 and then when you didn't think it could get worse it got worse that was 2023 now let's see like you know they fired like that company fired punk just like the white Sox fired han and kenny does that mean they'll improve for the white Sox? like it improves for them probably not because the white Sox. Unlike them, I'm a bunch of fucking idiots instead, like doing things instead of a couple of idiots. So <laughs> 95, that would be an improvement, but also 95 in my opinion. If they have players like Luis Roberts and like Dylan Cease, who I mean that man might mess around and get traded next offseason. Well, I mean this offseason, we'll see. It's the White Sox. 95 wins is unacceptable. I mean losses are unacceptable to me still because of the fact that you should expect more from your teams. But, that's a that's a six game improvement though, Dante. Come on. Yeah, and like it was what I was saying. I said it this morning when I saw the lineup for Fan Appreciation Day. And I'm just like, you don't appreciate fans if you're gonna try it out this lineup. You can't even play Tim Anderson in the last game of the season. You can have him start. You know, the biggest name on the team, not named Luis Robert, who's on the IL because he probably should have been on the IL a month earlier or something because he had a nice slump, and then they just let him play through it. There could have been like a lot of games played incentives, though. Maybe Tim Anderson had a kicker at game 123 or, uh, you know, I don't know, Andrew, I don't know, whoever else didn't play. I mean, at know. this point, the only thing that needs a kick is everybody <laughs> in the front office. And, um, yeah, again, Chris, Chris Getz, I know you're not listening because you're probably a little sensitive because you're a dude that runs a baseball organization now. But if you are listening... Just sign a adult or two. Sign one big name that will at least 
give us a little, the tiniest, you barely see my hands, tiniest bit of hope. Dante, we already have Andrew Benintendi at home. So why are we going to go out and break a new record with a signing? Uh, Andrew Benintendi, the um, record breaker. Luis Robert should be breaking that record in a few years, but we all know he won't because the White Sox will let him walk. Probably. Yeah. Hey, Dante, you'll be proud of me. I know something about wrestling. I know that CM Punk's theme song or what we walk, walk on or something theme song song, yeah, right. is a uh, cult of personality. All right. I knew that. We'll get I back. have it a, is a fact. Banger. It is the <laughs> only banker he's had in about eight years. All right. Well, at least he, he's got good taste in music. All right. Okay, CM, we know you're listening. And Chris, if you're not listening, oh, we know somebody, the White Sox is, who's typing up some notes furiously. Oh, man, that guy, that really loud guy was said it was going to be uh, 107 losses. Chris, don't send him a Christmas card. Uh, okay. Um <laughs> Hey, we've got a lot of stuff going on in the offseason. And I dare say these three folks, along with myself, because I don't have any choice, uh, will probably have something to do with that. Uh, preview of coming attractions. Earlier than usual, we are going to roll out our uh, uh, prospect vote where uh, you readers uh, name, I don't know, top 30 or so. We usually get about into the 20s before we run out of time into spring training or, I don't know, disinterest or uh, the, the the Russian and, and Chinese and Indian hackers all break in and like vote, you know, Andrew Perez, the number 11th prospect in the White Sox organization. And no offense to El Platino, but he is not the number 11 prospect in the White Sox organization. So we're going to start that a little earlier, probably let the let the poll run longer. I mean, if Colson is, again, the the clear number one, well, then, of course, we'll just shut down that poll after a day, and then we'll just roll out number two. We'll get uh, – Hamster will get that rolling out. Uh, we'll have our top 100 prospect countdown, which nobody else does, and a lot of people don't seem to like because, like, you're not supposed to do a top number 73 prospect, but – why not? Who, who, who says you're not supposed to be able to do that? Some of these guys, as I say many times, this might be some of the only articles they have written about them in their professional career. Why not give them some shine? And sometimes those guys actually take off and crawl their way uh, up the system. Romy Gonzalez was not always, uh, I mean, not that that's the best example, but hey, you know, get, get well soon, Romy, wherever you are, you know. Uh, so we uh, will be rolling that out. Several of our writers will be uh, chiming in on that. Uh, I wish that only year. sounds like we are more thorough than most people because 100 prospects. How about that? You know, there's a lot of people to write about and a lot of potential. And yeah, like you said, a lot of them might not come up, but guess what? Some of them might. I mean, we've had dudes that no one heard of until they got called up. I didn't mm -hmm. know of a guy named Popeye until he came up. <laughs> Was he used? No, not really. Exactly. <laughs> wouldn't, no one's going to fault you for still not knowing because he got to run in a game once. Yeah, whatever. Uh, he was good in warm-ups. Um, yeah, I know. I remember Rick Hahn making a big deal about somebody like a, a list of like 60 or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, Rick, we can do better than that. So, yeah, we are doing better than that. So there. Uh, we'll roll that probably a little earlier as well. I don't know. But we'll get, the, we'll get the vote rolling. We've got our White Sox Hall of Fame, which we normally do like around – we do all, all our Hall of Fame voting. And I think we did the two votes this last offseason, regular Hall of Fame vote, veterans vote. Well, we never, I don't think, actually elect anybody because it's so it's so challenging. Uh, and we didn't do, because there's no Sox Fest. We always timed it with Sox Fest. You know, there's like never a Sox Fest anymore. 
Uh, so we didn't do our White Sox Hall of Fame. We haven't done it yet. We will do it in the offseason. We'll do it probably relatively soon, maybe before winter meeting, certainly uh, before things start really rolling. Uh, so we'll have that going. Uh, that's always a fun thing to participate in. Believe it or not, there are White Sox players not already enshrined who are certainly worthy of being enshrined in our Hall of Fame. We have 123 years of history, as you keep being reminded of by me because of how horrible this team is. It's not always horrible teams. In fact, it's often decent or really good teams and really good players. Uh, we'll be doing a lot of history podcast stuff, including um, special, I think, two-parter podcast, distinctly uh, different, but uh, a two-parter podcast uh, centered around the last playoff victory the White Sox have had. Believe me, it's not like last century. You'd think, oh my God, we're going to talk about a game from 1991 or something. No, no, it actually is relatively recent. And we'll be devoting some time to that because, well, <laughs> darkness ahead. I don't <laughs> think they're going to have a playoff win next year. And so let's just try to celebrate the one, even though it's just a two year anniversary. Another thing we're going to do for the first time, um, we, and I believe Mitch Ransdell, our uh, resident artist on staff is going to actually contribute here as well. Uh, I think we are going to name, we've never done this before. I don't think we've really done this. Um, uh, name uh, each level's um, minors uh, MVP. There's some obvious cool. choices. I believe Tim Elko is going to be an MVP for one of the teams. He could probably be an MVP for at least a couple, but he'll be an MVP in one of the teams. Uh, we won't let anything else out of the bag, but hey, the guy clouded like 800 home runs. I believe he still fi he finished <laughs> tied for the home run lead in a league he stopped playing in in June. That's pretty cool. I think you deserve MVP consideration and a sketch as well for Mitch. So what the heck? Uh, so that's something he, I think, has agreed. If not, I've just tried. I've just committed him to it. So, Mitch, sorry. You got like five sketches <laughs> in the future. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll get you a really good photo. One of Selena's photos. We'll get you uh, one of her photos, and you'll be able to work off of that for a cool sketch. Uh, so that'll be something fun. We'll do that probably not immediately because I think he his hand needs a little bit of a break. He's done like, I don't know, uh, six months worth of MVPs, even though – Pretty much never was there a worthy MVP for the White Sox each week, but uh, he kept drawing them, Luis Robert and Dylan Cease, over and over and over again, and God bless him for that. Uh, so uh, that's a preview of some upcoming stuff. We'll have regular podcasts as well where we discuss. We reminisce about the good old days of not losing 101 games and, and so forth. And I hope that uh, these three guests will join me in some of those. We'll try to probably roll something out probably every week or so. Not sure what the other podcasts will do. I know Crystal's got some visiting dugout stuff that she has in mind. I'm not sure even what it is. Uh, probably when the White Sox make a big signing, maybe she'll do a podcast with that player's you know, former team, like when they get Cody Bellinger a year too late. Because you know if Cody Bellinger – sorry, Dante. Cody Bellinger comes to the White Sox, it's Bellinger over. Now. It's over. So, yes, yeah, that, it's over. If that, recession, Sox, that's, so. that recession is coming. Yeah. He's going to go back to being mediocre. Yeah. Or does someone else assign him? He'll be good again because it's the White right. Sox. They can have right. good things. So for argument's sake, Crystal might talk to uh, somebody at the Cubs and say, hey, tell me about this guy who's going to come here and disappoint. Uh, but, you know, or trade. The same goes for trade. Well, obviously, we'll have a lot of coverage at uh, winter meetings. Uh, you know, we'll do all the stuff you're used to us. You know, we're going to throw a couple new wrinkles out and stuff that we're not doing this offseason. Well, we're just not going to tell you about And maybe you won't even miss it. So <laughs> see, see what I did there. Uh, but we will continue to roll out stuff. We continue to cover. We cover 365 days a year. And God help me. I don't know why I signed on and agreed to that. But, yes, that's what we do every day. New content. Of course, the history stuff is always out there. But we'll have some other kind of story. Arizona Fall League, 
California Joe Reese is going to be covering one day of those as well. I don't know how we're going to make those in articles, but hey, White Sox do have some players in the Arizona Fall League, so maybe they will impress. Maybe Colson Montgomery will be the MVP of the Arizona Fall League. That would be awesome. We'd be really excited to cover that for you for the six weeks or so we'll be doing that. So, Joe, again, you're committed. Whether you agree to or not, yeah, you're you're committed to one day. In fact, you'll be kicking it off for us this week, I believe. I think the timing uh, falls where you get to kick off AFL coverage for us on Southside Sox. But uh, uh, that's preview of coming attractions. I'm sure that was very compelling. Uh, but at the same time, would you really rather have us just drone on about 101 loss team or the fact that they're going to lose 107 next year? I don't think you want us to. And plus, there's time for that. We have a lot of other podcasts all off season where we'll probably be talking about some derivative of what we talked about today because well what else is there to talk about they're not they're, apparently they're not sh- they're not signing Shohei Otani they're not even going to be in the bidding so <sighs> ah well <laughs> I don't know how you're going to do a White Sox there believe me you're not it's not just for shock value why I think you're going to lose 107 games next year so prove me wrong Chris Gatz I think that they should lose a draft pick for the Shohei thing I'm not even going to lie to you you mm-hmm. like as you said you're not allowed to do that if you're going to slap us in the face, at least do it behind closed doors and not in front of all of us while trying to introduce Chris Guest as this godsend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a godsend. Oh, boy. If if this season didn't make you less religious, <laughs> phrasing like that will. Uh, well, we'll see. I guess there's only, guys, there's only one direction to go from here, right? Maybe. Uh, three of you feel. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get too close to any of those teams you choose as your pets this offseason because I want you all back with me next year and through the offseason. Well, uh, California Joe and uh, Dante, Brian, thank you for being with me here. Thanks to all of you for listening, hanging out for whatever reason. Here's a nice thing. I challenge all of my guests, why are you here? And sometimes they have to answer. You don't have to answer. You don't have to leave a comment. Yeah, this is why I listen. You can just do it. Nobody has to know. Don't tell your wife. Don't tell any significant others. Don't tell your father. Don't tell your siblings. That's embarrassing stuff. I don't tell anybody I do this. You think anybody knows I do this? (laughs) Come on. They think I retired from sports writing like in, I don't know, 2021 or 2012 or something. So, uh, okay, it's clandestine. Brett Valentini here hosting. Uh, This wraps up number 161, 162. I'm sure right around the corner. We've got some history to do real soon. So hang with us. There'll be new stuff popping up in that player. And uh, chances are Mr. Brian O'Neill or Mr. Dante Jones or Mr. Super Joe Reese's. Eh, We call him California Joe sometimes as well. It's interchangeable at this point. There's no socks math anymore. Or I don't know. Is there socks math, Joe? They still do socks math? Probably. Don't bother. Don't bother. They haven't they retired it and just called it the Joe Reese's right. game and they don't it's, it's yeah. like optional. I, I've been yeah, it, as far as I know, they, they're still doing it. I haven't really paid close attention to it though recently. Yeah. They should come on, retire it, guys. But you know, anyway, you know, whether he's Super Joe, California Joe, whatever, he'll he'll be on podcast with us this offseason as well. And now that he's got all of his special StreamYard uh technology all uh, ironed out. Okay. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we'll be back at you sooner than you already. Thanks, Brian, Dante, and Joe. Uh, we'll be back at you. Hang with us. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but uh, your guess is as good as mine. Tune in, see what we will talk about.